0: the way that things used to be When it was you with me, girl, I was so greasy You had my heart from the start Like you did and I was just downright Foolish and stupid But now I know the reason for the pain and the headaches You left me all alone now I can't even concentrate I guess I'll wait for the day until you come back Because my heart is where your love is at You got me twisted Alright, welcome to another edition of One in a Million I am your host, Roland Million Today, we are just going to discuss one thing and one thing only. And it's the thing that I see constantly when we're talking about the media. And it's the 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers roster. Now, the 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers are often said to be no help. Now, when we talk about no help, I hear people all the time say, and this is not, as a matter of fact, it's not a knock on LeBron, it's it's a knock more on the fans who don't want to hold accountability and don't want to actually do the work when it comes to talking about help. When we discuss the term help, it's usually when it comes to contribution. But a lot of times people look at the Chicago Bulls or the Boston Celtics of the 80s or the Lakers of the 80s, and they say, well, those guys had help. And they look and they see names where they don't pay attention to the contribution. Now, mind you, the contribution of those players, of those teams, was pretty good. But there were many times where the contribution wasn't good. But you don't pay attention to that. You pay attention to the names, like a James Worthy, like a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like a Magic, like a Larry Bird, like a Kevin McHale, like a Dennis Johnson, like a Scottie Pippen, like a Ron Harper, like a Tony Kukoc, Horace Grant. You pay attention to the names. But when we talk about LeBron, we talk about, oh, he didn't have any help because of the names, right? You don't pay attention to the names, you pay attention to the contribution, so where does the fine line end? Because at first, when you're talking about other teams, it's look at the people that they have, the names, right? But look at the names that LeBron has played with. Dwayne Wade, right? Ray Allen, Chris Bosh, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, Anthony Davis, Rajon Rondo, Dwight Howard, the, Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook. The majority of these people that I've named are all top 75 players. So, are we going to look at the names or are we going to look at the production? Because that's the thing that needs to be looked at. When you look at that 2007 Cavs roster, you don't hear many big names. You don't hear many big names at all, okay? Big Z is not a big name. He was an all-star once. Eric Snow, Anderson Varejao, Danielle Marshall... Ira Renewable, Sasha Pavlovich, Drew Gooden, right? Larry Hughes. I don't know if I said these names already. I'm just I'm just going off of what I, I remember, right? And then you have LeBron, obviously the alpha on the team. But at the same time, you just look at those names and you're like, oh, these games, these these people aren't people that are gonna contribute. But when you actually look at what they did. They did contribute, and they contributed a lot. How could you be no help if you are enough to get a team to the finals? Obviously, LeBron did his part, but like they say, he can't do it by himself, right? He couldn't do it by himself. So if he couldn't do it by himself, what makes anybody think that, oh, well, they weren't any help? Let's go through the whole entire playoffs, okay? Now they played the Cleveland, uh, they played the Washington Wizards in the first round. They played the Nets in the second round. They played the Pistons in the third round, and then they played the San Antonio Spurs. Now, a lot of people I see all the time they say, "Oh, LeBron dragged this team, dragged this team to the um, to the playoffs." This team was horrible. This team was horrible. But if you had actually watched a lot of the games that he played in the playoffs, they weren't actually horrible. Okay? When you go to the first game of the Washington Wizards series, right, they played the Washington Wizards and they won. Now, you know who led them in scoring in that game? Larry Hughes. Okay? And they had four people in double figures. Larry Hughes shot the best percentage on the team, and he got seven rebounds in the game. So you're talking about Larry Hughes, a guy who two years prior, when he was playing on the Washington Wizards, was averaging 22 points a game. Now, he went to the Cleveland Cavaliers the next year, he got injured, his, his his production declined a little bit, and I think he was averaging around 16 points a game, but then he comes back the next year, plays a lot more games, and he's averaging about 15 points per game, okay? But now, first game of the playoffs, playing Washington, maybe he was a little bit inspired uh, because he was playing his former team, but he drops 27 points in the game. Now, the next game in game two, right, the Cavs win again. Now, did he get any help in production, LeBron? Of course he did. LeBron had 27 points himself. Larry Hughes had 19 points and eight rebounds, the same amount of rebounds as LeBron, but he also had five assists. But you know who was the unsung hero in that game? Drew Gooden with 24 points and 14 rebounds. He shot close to 80% in the game, knocking down mid-range jumpers left and right. And he went to the free throw line, and he shot 80% there too. Now, let's go to game three of that series. Game three of that series. LeBron has 30. Great. Incredible. Big Z has 24 and 8. Okay? He shoots almost 80% on 10 of 13 shooting. Then you have Drew Gooden, who records himself a double-double. Then Larry Hughes scores in double figures. Sasha Pavlovich scores in double figures. Meanwhile, Washington only has three people scoring double figures. Three people. Now, I'm sure you get the gist of this, is that they, the Wizards were a little bit outmatched, and then, hey, you got some help from your, from your players right? The others, as Shaq likes to call them. Hey, LeBron got some help from the others. Now, with that being said, you talk about, well, he didn't have help. He didn't have help. He had enough help to win this series. So what's the difference? I'm not understanding what the difference is, okay? We move on to the next series in the New Jersey Nets series, right? Not too many people scored that many points. They weren't really scoring a lot okay? He still had four other people in double figures. Now, I know you'll say, well, obviously, he somebody else needs to score. Yeah, somebody else did score. Big Z and Drew Gooden almost had double figures, double doubles. I'm sorry. They had double doubles, almost had double doubles. So that's production, right? Meanwhile, on the other side, they had about four people in double figures, but at the same time, you think about the defense because the Cleveland Cavaliers were a tremendous defensive team, okay? You had an all-defensive player in Larry Hughes who was all-defensive team two years prior to that. Big Z is a solid interior defender. Drew Gooden was a decent interior defender, and Anderson Varejao was just a workhorse, okay? Workhorse. He would grab you rebounds, defend, and work hard. So now, with that being said, they held the New Jersey Nets to under 43% for the whole series. Now, obviously, that's help because LeBron can't guard all five positions, right? He can't guard all five people on the court, so he obviously had some help defensively. Now, last but not least we have the Detroit Pistons series, okay? And in the Detroit Pistons series, the first game of the series, who led all scores for the Cleveland Cavaliers when they only lost by three points in the first game? Big Z, Zydrunas Ilgauskas, had 22 points and 13 rebounds. Now, LeBron had 10 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, But at the same time, LeBron just wasn't doing it on the offensive end. And Big Z was taking over the load scoring-wise on the offensive end. Now, when I tell you he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, the fourth quarter, Big Z had eight points on mid-range jump shots. Now, LeBron was giving him those mid-range jump shots by penetrating, but LeBron wasn't scoring. He wasn't looking to be aggressive going to the basket. He even had a chance to tie the game, or uh, yes, he had a chance to tie the game. He drove to the basket, and instead of laying it up right where no one was, Rasheed Wallace had stepped over to help a little bit, but he was going one-on-one with Tayshaun Prince. And instead of laying it up, he decided to kick it out to Danielle Marshall for a three-pointer, which would have been his 10th assist to get a triple-double, and Danielle Marshall missed the three. Now, with that being said, Big Z helped him in that game. Now, all every, everybody only remembers is game five, where LeBron took over and scored 48 points and scored the last 25 points of the Cavaliers team. But there were many games before that where he had help to put them in that position of being in a tie series, Right? Game four, they won a game by four points. Four points, okay? And in that game, LeBron had 25 points. Chauncey Billups had 23. Those were the two top scorers on the team. Now let's go to the next scorer on the game, right? Booby Gibson, this is where he starts to emerge. He had 21 points in that game. He was four for seven, but he was attacking the basket. Attacking the basket strong. He went to the free throw line 12 times. He had 21 points. Drew Gooden had 19 points and led them in rebounds. He had eight rebounds, okay? Now, those two next two guys had more points than the next two guys for the Detroit Pistons. So again, where are we going with this? He doesn't have any help, quote. Okay, How are we going to say that he doesn't have any help when you're looking at the production? Don't just look at the names. Look at the production. And last but not least, game six. LeBron is, what, three for 11 or something like that, something crazy like that, right? Where he's three for 11, and Daniel Bowie Gibson takes over The whole entire scoring load. Okay? LeBron, yes, he had 14 rebounds in the game. But at the same time, Daniel Gibson had 31 points. 31 points in the game. He outscored LeBron and outscored the leading scorer on the Pistons in Rip Hamilton. Okay? 31 points. He had six rebounds. He was 5-for-5 from the three-point line. And again went to the free throw line 15 times because not only was he knocking down three-pointers, he was attacking the basket. He was very aggressive during these playoff series and attacking the basket. Hey, he did the same thing in the San Antonio Spurs series, right? He attacked the basket. He had a couple drives to the basket hard on double teams where he was able to score on Tim Duncan and Bruce Bowen. And he led the team in scoring in Game 1 of the NBA Finals as well. So my thing is, we need to stop saying that the 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers were a bunch of misfits, were a bunch of bad news bears that gave LeBron no help, okay? They were enough help to get him to the finals. They just weren't enough help to beat the San Antonio Spurs. The San Antonio Spurs were a good team. They were a great team. There's no way that they were going to beat the San Antonio Spurs. Okay, But to say that this team was a terrible team and that they didn't have any help and that LeBron didn't have any help is absolutely ludicrous. It's absolutely preposterous because... In game one of that NBA Finals, Daniel Gibson was the leading scorer. Now, of course, I know you're going to say, well, hey, everybody flocks to LeBron more. Of course, they're going to flock to LeBron more. That's what they did with MJ. They flocked to MJ more because MJ is the best player on the team, right? But MJ still got his buckets. He still found a way to score, okay? It wasn't as easy for LeBron because LeBron didn't have a consistent jump shot the way MJ did. LeBron wasn't as polished as MJ was when it comes to offensively uh, getting in the post, shooting mid-rangers, even using screens. Michael was a master at using screens, right? Screening across, reading double teams, finding the open person. He was a master at that. But my my last point is, why is it that these guys who gave you production in games right, whether it be points, whether it be rebounds, whether it be defense, right, you don't pay attention to the production that they gave, but you pay attention to the names. Like in 1996, where you paid attention, well, MJ had Scotty, MJ had Steve Kerr, MJ had Tony Kukoc, MJ had um, uh, Ron Harper. If you go and watch that 1996 series, right, Ron Harper struggled for much of that series. Steve Kerr couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Neither could Tony Kukoc. Tony Kukoc was dealing with back injury, a back injury that had kept him out of the New York Knicks series, and he couldn't really straighten up to shoot his three-point shot to space the floor better. Yes, he got help from Dennis Rodman, but if you compare the first two scorers, right, in Michael Jordan and Sean Kemp, The next two scorers, right, averaged more points than Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan's second leading scorer. Now, there are plenty of series where MJ didn't quite have the help or the production, but there was never an excuse of, well, he didn't have any help, okay? Go and look up the Atlanta Hawks series from 1997 where Michael Jordan out-rebounded Dennis Rodman in that series. And I think it was a quote by Scottie Pippen or MJ that said, Hey, if Dennis isn't going to lead us in rebounds, he can't lead us in technical fouls. Because that's what he's doing right now. He's not rebounding. He's not defending well. He's not doing what he needs to do. But I know all you people who love to say that they had so much help will just say, Oh, well, he's Dennis Rodman. Well, Dennis Rodman still has to produce. If he's not rebounding the ball, only getting five rebounds a game and three points and getting technical fouls and taking away points at the other end, then he's not really helping, is he? So my biggest point is that the Cleveland Cavaliers did help LeBron. LeBron did have help in multiple games that he won. He had help. In the four games that he won, or they won in versus Washington, he had loads of help. In the games that he won versus the New Jersey Nets, he had, he had some help in points, but mainly some help defensively in rebounding. Versus the Detroit Pistons, he had help from Big Z. And in the two games that they won in game four and game six, he had loads of help from Daniel Booby Gibson. The game that he didn't really have as much help that he won in was game five versus the Detroit Pistons where he took over. But again, let's not go with this narrative. Let's stop this narrative, narrative of he didn't have help. Let's stop this, this false, false advertisement of he didn't have help. He got help to win him four games versus Washington. He got help to win him four games versus the New Jersey Nets, who had Jason Kidd and Vince Carter, better individual talent on that team from top to bottom. And he had enough help to beat the Detroit Pistons, who were back-to-back-to-back-to-back conference finals teams. A conference finals team, right? He had enough help to beat them. They just didn't have enough help to beat the Spurs. They couldn't beat the Spurs. And it wasn't any fault of theirs or LeBron's. They just got beat by a better team. A better team. And that's what happens when you play in the NBA. There's always going to be a team that's better. Regardless of who steps up and how they step up, there's always going to be a team that's better. So with the excuses that I hear, oh, well, he didn't have any help, let's stop it. Because the 2007 Cleveland Caval- Cavaliers were enough help to get them to the finals. So they were enough help. They just lost to a better team. All right, this has been another edition of One in a Million. I thank you for joining Uh, The reason why I did this one two days after I did my other episode is because I'm so sick of seeing all this malarkey from media, from TV, uh, all over the place talking about how the 2007 Cleveland Cavaliers weren't help. It's the reason why some people don't actually want to play with LeBron at times is because of fans that scream and disrespect the contributions that players have, okay, Now, you'll hear it from MJ fans as well. They will disrespect, but at the same time, they know Scottie Pippen is a great player. They know Scottie Pippen was a great player. They know Scottie Pippen was help, okay? But at times, Scottie wasn't help. If you're looking at contribution, defensively, rebounding, points, right? If you look at that, Sometimes he wasn't helping those games. Sometimes Rodman wasn't helping those games. A lot of the times, Steve Kerr wasn't help in those games. But we magnify the shot that he hit in uh, nineteen ninety seven in Game Six. We magnify that as him being extreme help. We magnify it, but we don't magnify his contribution. Twenty one minutes, four points shooting less than 30% from the three-point line in some series, shooting 30% from the field and from the three-point line in those series. Is that help? Is that help? I don't know. You tell me. But like I said, this has been another edition of One in a Million, Roland million, million as your host. Uh, thank you for joining me. Um, if you hear people's talking about how bad the Cavs were, please, please direct them to this podcast and have them actually listen. They might be upset and they might try to tune it out and ignore it. But the facts are the facts. LeBron had help.